Welcome to Big Skywriter, the podcast for storytellers of all shapes and sizes. Whether you write novels, teach classes, or just tell your friends what you did last weekend, if you're a storyteller, this podcast is for you. Here's the host of Big Skywriter, Clint Morey. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for dropping by to listen. This is episode 52. I was a streetwalker. Not that kind of streetwalker. I'm talking about getting from one place to another. Now, back in my younger days, when I lived in L.A., we're talking way back, a car was not readily available to me. During the summer, my friends and I would walk to Occidental College, nine-tenths of a mile away, according to Google Maps, and we would find a vacant athletic field where we would play touch football or over the line, That was a two-mile round trip just to play ball. Two miles. And when I went to the public pool, it was also about one mile each way. Another two-mile trek just to go swimming. Yeah, it was tough, but I didn't complain. Now, I've lived in Montana for over 40 years, and I've had to listen to stories of people who walked miles in blizzards just to get to school. Well, maybe my stories don't sound all that impressive at first hearing. But you have to understand where I grew up. You want hot? Well, in Southern California, during the summers, it would get into the 90s. Sometimes the high 90s. And unlike Montana, it didn't cool down at night. So you sweated all night long. And you want cold? Now, as I write this in Montana, we're under a winter storm watch and it's supposed to snow two to four inches today and the temps are supposed to get down to six degrees. Yeah, that's chilly. But in Southern California, if the temperatures got into the 50s and if there was a slight breeze, it felt like a blizzard. So cut me some slack. Remember, I walked everywhere. In fact, When I went to elementary school, I had to walk to school in the morning and walk home in the afternoon. It didn't matter if it was sunny and hot or rainy and cold. I had to walk all the way to school and all the way back. All the way. Now, let's see. That was one, two, three, four. Yeah, four blocks. But I didn't complain. I just figured that was part of life, and to become good at life, I had to be a good streetwalker. Now, in junior high, things were a little different. Luther Burbank Junior High School, we called them junior highs back then, now they're middle schools, it was almost two miles from my house, 1.8 miles according to Google Maps. And while I did walk it a few times, usually I took the city bus, which had a stop just a few blocks from the school, But I walked from that bus stop to the school. Now, when I went to high school, Benjamin Franklin High School, it was about a mile from my house. Okay, seven-tenths of a mile. And I walked it every day, both ways. Now, this was before people used backpacks to go to school. So I often carried four or five thick, heavy textbooks in my arms with me each way. It was a pain, but I didn't complain. And if I wanted to go to the movies, usually I walked to one of the two theaters in our neighborhood. 
and they were about a mile and a half each way. Well, you should remember, this was the old days of seeing a movie. Going to see a movie meant you saw two movies, a cartoon, and a newsreel. And that would take about three and a half to four hours. So, if I went and caught a six o'clock show, it would be after 9.30 at night when I left the theater and began my mile and a half trek back home in the dark. And it never dawned on me that I should be afraid of taking such a walk. Now, why am I sharing this with you? To impress you with my street walking? Oh, uh, what, you're, you're not impressed? Well, that's okay, because that's not why I'm sharing my street walking stories. I want you to know that today we live in a different world. A few years ago, I left the wilds of Montana to attend a screenwriters convention back in LA. I chose a motel that was within walking distance to the convention center and was cheap. What can I say? Cheap was important to me. And there was an elementary school just a block from my motel. The first thing I noticed about that school was the concertina wire on the top of the fences surrounding the playground. Now, I'd seen concertina wire before. It was used as a protective barrier around our fire bases when I was in Vietnam. I had never seen it on a school fence in Los Angeles. And another thing I noticed, children didn't walk to school on their own. Like I told you earlier, I used to walk to school on my own. I know it was just four blocks, but I didn't have anyone escort me to school for safety reasons. But here, every child had a parent or an adult walk them to school. Now, I didn't see inside the school, but I wouldn't doubt that they had metal detectors and they probably even had police officers on premises because the Los Angeles Unified School District had its own police force. It was definitely strange, but I shouldn't have been surprised. Now, when the taxi dropped me off at my motel, I noticed there was a chain link fence around the motel. And there was barbed wire on top of that fence. Okay, now the entrance to the parking lot didn't have a fence or barbed wire. Instead, there was a guy sitting in a chair, and that impressed me. My cheap hotel had a greeter for the travelers who arrived. That was cool. Maybe my cheap hotel had a bit of class after all. Well, I found out later, the guy sitting in the parking lot was not a greeter. He was there to keep the guests' cars from being broken into. So much for class. Well, that next morning, I was ready to walk to the convention center. It was only about a mile or so, and I thought it would be wise to ask the clerk at the main desk for the best way to get there. The clerk's eyes widened. He looked like he was about to have a stroke, and he pled with me not to walk to the convention center. It wasn't safe. He begged me to take a taxi. He emphasized again, it was not safe. Now, I have to admit that all the barbed wire and the guard in the parking lot and the children not walking to school alone persuaded me. So I took a taxi. And because paying for a taxi each way quickly made my cheap hotel not so cheap, I moved to an expensive hotel just one block from the convention center. At least I could walk to the meetings. Now, there's a point in my sharing these experiences of being a streetwalker. Our world has changed. Today, 
Many of the places I walked as a child when I lived in Los Angeles, I would not walk in today as an adult. And I certainly wouldn't let my children or grandchildren go many of the places that I went unaccompanied when I was young. Our world has changed. We've walked away from God. We have chosen to force God out of our classrooms, out of our legal system, out of our political lives, out of our entertainment, out of our public discourse. With each step we take, we walk further and further from the creator of the universe who loves us, which means we're left with us. And that's not a very hopeful scenario for the future. We have also walked away from truth. We have chosen to reject truth. Now I have a question for you. Do politicians lie? Now I don't care which party you support. If you haven't realized that most politicians routinely lie, you probably have some cognitive issues. Well, how about journalists? Do journalists lie? I don't care if you're right or left, mainstream or alternative media. Journalists make politicians look like angels. Truth does not seem to be related to journalism. And yet, we choose to go back to these people over and over and over. What does that say about us? Do we want truth? Or do we only want to hear what supports our views? And we have walked away from justice. In fact, we've chosen to ignore justice. We use the law to attack our political enemies and protect our political friends. An individual's actual guilt or innocence doesn't really matter. Uh, just do we like them or not like them? The blindfold on Lady Justice has come off. Now, because we have chosen to go our own way, ignoring God, ignoring truth, ignoring justice, our grandchildren, our children will pay the price. They will have to live in a society where it is no longer safe to walk. Be the reason someone smiles today. If you're looking for an organization that does good work, I want you to consider the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. They pay off mortgages for service members and first responders who die. They also build custom smart homes for veterans and first responders who've been seriously injured. It's a good work and it makes a real difference in people's lives. So I encourage you to check their web website to see stories about some of the people they have helped. And I do have a couple of reviews for you. Uh, encourage you uh, to read some things that I've read in the last couple of weeks. If you look at my show notes, you'll see the links to them and you can go read them yourself. The first one was an article on NATO and China showcasing their latest killer drones. Now think about that. Uh, artificial intelligence and robotics is in the battlefield of the near future. That is interesting, fascinating, but also incredibly scary. Another article I read concerns children. Who do they belong to? It's parents cannot dictate what their children are taught. And that was voiced by a lawyer for a school district. It's an important question. 
Do the children belong to parents or do they belong to the all-wise, all-knowing government? And then one more article. It's called Useful Idiots by Joel Bowman. And it's an interesting look at the experts in our culture. I would encourage you, to, if you can, to click on those links and read those articles. Now, before I go, I'd like to share a blessing with you from the Old Testament. May the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. Number 6, 24 to 26. Until the next time, be the reason someone smiles today.